What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. We've got some great friends that support the show, so go support them for us, like our good friends Tiff, Adelaide, and Bobby over at Dutick Brand. Check them out at dutickbrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs, and make sure to use the promo code SOCCERCHAT when you check out to get yourself a sweet discount. And thank you so much for supporting our friends over at Dutick Brand. Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com. Shout out to the homies over there for the world's greatest ball pump. Go check it out. You're going to love it. And then also our friends over at Michigan Soccer Central. Check them out on Twitter at MI Soccer Central for all the latest news and updates in amateur soccer in the state of Michigan. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And Nick, people saw the tweet that I was going to go crazy. So um, as of 24 hours ago, there's a new power coaching couple in the soccer world. Uh, Somehow... Casey and myself have been roped into coaching Duke and Quinn's rec teams uh, this upcoming spring. And um, it's going to make my spring like, you know, Nick and I text frequently, obviously. And I feel like most time when Nick's talking to me, he's like, you are so busy, like between everything at work, your family, just like, you're always busy. And now we're going to add uh, coaching the kids on top of that. So look out puppyonies, look out cypherts, look out all you other married couples coaching in soccer. The solderlings are on their way. I mean, that's a, that's a power couple if I've ever seen one. I uh, will having, I mean, and again, like you are less powerful than Casey, but significantly, like, but like, it's a power, like her power brings you up quite a bit. Right, 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 right. This, this March Madness thing is killing me. Like I, my players were talking about it at practice the other night and they were like, coach, your team's losing. And I was like, what? And I hadn't like really checked the polls or anything. And uh, they were like, yeah, your team's losing. I was like, what do you mean my team's losing? And they like, look at the results. Like we've been voting. And I was like, what? And so like, I, I tweeted Jeff Van Dusen tonight. I was like, look, Kansas city, get us a court, get us a court. Because a majority of that sit of that twelve people that we've listed are going to be at this convention, and if only three of Nick's team shows up and all six of mine show up, guess what? We're still playing. You you know my team is going to be all about it. We're not we're we're not backing down from this. I'm telling you right now that um, I, when you were saying your team, I thought you meant like your your uh, St. Mary's team because I was like my team all said they were going to vote for you, and I was just <laughs> like, awesome. Um, no, so it was like I said, like a couple of them I've been I've been texting with, and they were like, "No one has ever seen us play basketball. Like, if they could see us play, they would know like we're the team to pick." And I'm like, "That's what I'm trying to say." But because everybody loves Nick, everybody's just gonna choose Team Bully Ball. And like, it is so wild what all this like stuff that you're spewing. Like, you got M- Mario Kai's assistant, Kai Edwards, who's on my team. Kai Edwards' own number two is going against his boss. And, and, he's and going- I, Mario, if you're listening to this, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Just like, I can't like, yeah, I'm trading for you right now. I don't know who I'm dropping right now, but you're okay. So you just said it. You just said it. Who you trading? I don't know yet. I got to do more analysis and talk to me next <laughs> week, but Mario is getting picked up that like that unwavering support. Like I don't even care if he's Mario's ever shot a basketball before. You can't teach that loyalty and that commitment. Like that's, he's on the squad. He made it. Would you drop yourself to put him on the team? Yes, that I would do. 
I would 100% drop myself to put Mario on the squad. And then you could be the, you could be the coach. Yeah, no, but I honestly, I want to be out there. I want to be running the court for sure. <laughs> well, so, uh, I think it was Clifton Bush was, was saying, said something like after we had posted the picture and I think my, my one comment and I was going to just make the video clip, like as my like reply was just like you being like, I have zero confidence in my team. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to put that every time somebody was like, oh yeah, team bully, Bob. I'm like, listen to their leader. <laughs> like in, in the theory, in the lit theory of leadership, he is saying <laughs> that is the, he has no confidence. So it means they can't get very high. But like simultaneously, I'm texting them behind the scenes being like, we got this guys. Like, right, right. I'm just saying that aloud, just like lure them into false sense of security. I, 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 there's a lot of things like I'm, I'm pretty for the most part, like, low key is not the word, but I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I just kind of go along. I don't really like put like a big thing into it, but like, I know for this, this whole week, I've just been like, yo, this team would destroy. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like a, the problem is that we're doing a vote, you know, which is basically a, a popularity contest, but I'm just sitting there in my mind. And like I, 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 Kai Edwards tweet directly after that went out, like they don't know with the picture of, of him in form shooting the J in, I believe that was a college picture. Um, I, and I was just like, oh my gosh, they don't know. Um, so what we should have done is just had everybody from both teams on this week and just let the like trash talk begin. But United Star Coaches, we know y'all listening. Like we bring you so much entertainment in socials and podcast row. Give just, us a basketball court. Give us the ball. Give us the court. We'll make it happen. I like, okay. Kansas City's like seven hours from me. I will bring a ball. Like just I have a oh court. God. Like I'm driving. I'm driving for sure. Kansas City's I, not that far from me. Yeah. Like I will bring the ball. I will bring like, I'll, I'll actually wear legit basketball shoes. Like we'll get uniforms. Like I think we would have to, I, I honestly <laughs> think that we would have to, um, and the thought of like what a uptown downtown all around Jersey would look like um dude i just want a bully ball jersey for the rest of my life i'll wear that like kelly will get sick of that shirt how much I wear <laughs> it would be shirt. it would become your new uh red hoodie it's just a bully ball basketball jersey so tired of me wearing a bully ball shirt around everywhere so i i just designed your bully ball jerseys in my mind <laughs> so take the chicago bulls jersey how it just has bulls across yep except it's bully and then in the same font ball underneath the number I mean, again, I will wear that. Like I will wear that for the rest of my life and Kelly will be so upset. <laughs> any, any graphic designers out there, please design the bully ball Jersey and the uptown downtown all around Jersey. I mean, just some creative names too, by the way, like just like those are considering we came up with those completely on the spot at the time, like some creative names there. Yeah. Like, I think people are, are getting attracted to the name bully ball. And I'm like, you guys are bullies for wanting to like that name. So, like, just stop. Um, but yeah, any creative, any creative people out there, graphic designers, not myself. Cause I got too much stuff going on. Uh, design up some, uh, some bully ball mock-ups, design up some uptown, downtown, all around mock-ups. Uh, and who knows, maybe that could be a, um, maybe that could be a shirt that we could sell uh is a team bully ball and uptown downtown all around t-shirts uh ending of basketball uh soccer is is our thing you know nick i've been finding myself 
uh, going back and watching a lot of um, college soccer, obviously spring season right now, D1s are playing, D2s, D3s, uh, you know, everybody's kind of into it, as was the NAIA. Um, and I've been watching a lot of stuff that's like on ESPN plus just like, yep. I've got some downtime. I'll pop on there and I'm getting upset because like, it seems like a lot of the, for example, SEC or, uh, ACC, like a majority of their games are on what's called ACC in X. So yes. just like, I, and like, you have to have a specific code just to get those games. Well, and not only that, you have to like have a specific television subscription to even get access to those games. Right. And that so was like, kind of bugged me last year. Cause like, I would love to watch like North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, like Florida state, like all these super quality teams play all the time. And I had to like, I did it cause I'm stupid. I had to buy a YouTube TV subscription for those three months which is like 19 bucks per month to be able to watch those games. It's ridiculous. Like how do we not have a better system for that? Right. And, and so I'm sitting there thinking like we as coaches, whether it's in club or youth, you know, we preach all the time about like, Hey, like watch the next level up from you. Like if you're in high school, watch the college game. Like if you want to know if you can hang at the college game, find a college game and watch. And now it's almost like there it, it's harder to access. Like, yes, there's a lot of other games that you can watch on there. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I was watching our boy Chris Hot Thompson uh, the other day. I've watched uh, Clift, I tweeted about Clifton Bush, uh, watched his his team the other night. And, you know, so yes, we can you can watch literally all those games, but you know, like you said, like to watch an ACC game or to watch an SEC game, now you're having this extra package that somebody has to buy, and it's like look, like I'm already paying whatever for your app. Now yes. you're telling me I've got to pay extra, which is all of the whole, like, I don't know, thing with, with streaming and stuff like that. Everybody's getting all upset about. And it's like, to me, I enjoyed last fall or last um, soccer season. Like if it was on those channels, you could still like when it, when the game was over with on demand, like it didn't matter. You could still watch it. Yes. And like a lot, I think there was a lot actually, last two falls ago there was a lot less of those acc games on that whole acc nx they were just like available for you to watch on espn plus yep and so like i i, I don't know it's like i'm we're sitting like i said we're sitting here telling our our club kids like hey watch the games but it's like that like unless they have this specific account they're not going to be able to do so well and even like the big ten right now is killing me right now because i want to watch your games like all of your games and the streaming. You just want to watch Wisconsin. Stop it. Like, but like Diani at Iowa has been great to me too. Like I would love to like our, our boy Jeff at Illinois would love to watch them too. Like there's so many people that I would love to watch their games. And one, either they're not streaming them or two, like, so you're just getting live stats and two or two, the streaming quality is just not very good depending. And I know they're going to random indoor locations and things like that. Like I get that, but like, we're streaming our game on Saturday and it's going to be probably the same or slightly better quality than like some more game from the big tens. And it's like big tens invest in women's soccer, invest in men's soccer. So we can see these games at a high quality because a division three school should not be putting out the same quality as what you guys are putting out right now. And it's, it's not on the schools. It's not on the programs. It's like, like get like big 10, like ACC, like make this accessible make it quality. So that young men and women that are young boys and girls that are wanting to watch these games and see these things 
have better access to soccer. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, I can watch Duke baseball and softball like it's nothing, but I can't watch Duke soccer and it, it drives me crazy. Um, I, you know, I now realize like I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be announcing a track meet on Saturday. I mean, I'm supposed to, I actually am announcing a track meet. I now am going to have to announce a track meet while watching the Nick Rizzo debut um, of the uh, St. Mary's Cardinal. Uh, do you know what you're going to wear? I honestly no. It depends on the weather. To be honest, it's supposed to be like 58. So like, I don't know. I'll probably still be in like a hoodie and sweats. I don't know. I don't dress up for games. Red hoodie? I don't know. I have options. No, there's no such thing as options. You have you have a gimmick and everyone wants you to stay with it. Probably a red hoodie. Probably a red hoodie. But uh yes. yeah, no. I uh it'll be fun. Here's, though, the, like, here's the thing. I don't want people tweeting me about you not wearing a red hoodie. I don't know if I'll be on the camera, so but yeah, no, I I'll I'll bring the red hoodie out just for just for the people, just so you guys can and if it's cold, just like lots of layers underneath. Yeah. No, it's I mean it's supposed to be 55. Like 55 and bringing the Midwest when you hit this time of year is like t-shirt and shorts weather, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun. Like I was, again, like I was super jealous of all the people that got to play in the fall and the people yeah, that don't, got don't to play. And even though it's a scrimmage, I mean, it'll be, I mean, we're playing a team that's obviously a higher division than we are in Winona state, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited. And Matt, the head coach of Winona state has been really great to me and, so I'm excited to to get going and test ourselves against a really quality opponent and see how we how we stack up. How many goals are you guys gonna score? Oh gosh, we've been struggling scoring, to be brutally honest. Um, I don't know if my players here listen to this yet. So like my players and mama definitely would have heard that and be like, Coach, you talking about us? Um, but we're struggling scoring in practice. And not that we don't have the players to do it, but I think the issue is, and I don't know if you've seen this because you you were talking about watching college soccer games, and I've been watching a lot too. How many 1-0 games have you seen over the last like month and a half? I just think people forgot to score in the last 16 months. Yeah. Like, or the defense is like, it's easier to remember how to be organized and pick up things defensively than it is to be creative and get things done in the final third. Because I've watched games across divisions, division one, division two, division three, the amount of 1-0 games with like a set piece being the deciding factor is like astonishing. Do you just hear yourself? I know I, we've been training set pieces. Okay. Um, but like, I don't know if, has that been your observation as well? Like, I feel like there's been an, a yeah. lot of insanely low scoring games with also a lot of shutouts. And somebody tweeted the other day, I, I wish I could remember who it was. And I don't know if they were tweeting it in jest or like, I, I obviously like with tweets, like you can't see a person actually saying it. So you don't know their tone. And um, I forget who they were responding to. And they talked about how poor of quality college soccer is right now. I mean, and, you take kids away from a sport. Right. For and that was going to be, like, I was going to respond and be like, a majority, I guess, like the D1 kids have not played since two falls ago. Like, yes. what, like what are you expecting them to be like? And um, so like, I don't care. Like, I think the big thing is, and I said this on our, on our show, I think in the fall, um, when I was like heavily advocating for, or in the summertime, when I was heavily advocating for playing in spring, if teams play this spring and train and get to, you know, at the end of the spring, they get to the same level they're typically at around winter time. And then they use the summertime to stay in that shape and everything. 
how good is college soccer going to be next fall? Yeah. I've said, and I've, I've, I've on record on the show. I've said next fall, if you play in the spring and everybody does what they're supposed to do and they continue their development, they continue their fitness next fall. College soccer is going to be ridiculously good. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I like, I, I didn't say this to our players, like, but to those critics, the last game our players have played together was 504 days ago. I, just, I saw somebody the other day tweeted like their team played for the first time in 500 days. Yep. And I was just like, that's crazy. And it's like, so we're years. expecting it to just look great right away. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. Like, and that's why I'm trying to like, I'm trying to temper expectations right now. Cause I think our team's excited because we've been playing well and training well and things like that. But it's like, guys, like it's different in 11s and it's different against an, an opposing team. So like, Let's just go and do the things that we've been working on really well and not care about the result. I mean, it's a scrimmage. Like, don't care about the result. Work and do the things that we want to do really well, and that's a win, regardless of what the goals for and against end up looking like. Just go do that hockey. Do it just God, I that's still one of my favorite SNL skits of all time. With Chance <laughs> I hope I hope that's what you say before you guys go out to play. <laughs> like that is the, like Chance the Rapper is like like that like skit. So like it's uh it's it's cold. <laughs> yeah. It's still one of my favorite SNL skits of all time. So go through your spiel to them. Hey, it's a scrimmage game. Let's do the things that we do. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, let's go, pl- let's go do that hockey. And then just walk out. I, uh, we had a game the other day we were playing, uh, like everyone's done it in some point where like you're, you're like three lanes, there's two goals. And like the, like you're transitioning from going from one goal to the other. Like there's three teams, you go, if you score, you get to go back the other way. But if the team steals it and gets that middle zone, they get to go attack the other side. Everyone's kind of done it in some capacity, probably at some point. And we had one player that like her team won the ball. She got to like the middle safety zone and then like went to the other side, like one versus six. And I, and I literally yell out Leroy Jenkins for it. And <laughs> no one knew what the reference was. And then I showed them the video after practice. They're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what she just did. But like, it was so funny. <laughs> one knew the reference she just went one versus six i was like leroy jake like, <laughs> had no idea what i was talking about oh that, that that's gotta make you feel old i showed the video and they appreciate it but yeah though they were they, they had no idea what i was talking about at the time well somebody who knows a lot more than what we're than what we talk about uh we've got our good friend tony from nwsl analytica super awesome interview guy does an amazing job uh, I, Nick became a big fan of him and, and kind of introduced me, uh, to his work over the summertime. Uh, and you're really going to enjoy hearing what Tony brings to the table and then go check out, uh, his Twitter account, check out his website. It's super, super good stuff. It's our man, Tony Massa. Tony Massa. There you go. From NWSL Analytics.
every week big time guest and this is a guest that i know for the longest time nick has told me like we've got to get them on the show and i know that nick is a massive follower of the account and now we get to hear about the brains behind the operations because in in nick and i's text it was just always oh the nwsl analytica guy and so i just always thought of the nwsl analytica guy but in reality it's our brand new friend from argentina tony maza uh tony thanks for coming on with us this week uh, no worries. Thanks uh, to you for the invitation. I know it's been a long time coming, but we made it happen, and I'm really happy to talk with you guys. So, kind of give everybody a background. Like, how did NWSL Analytica get started? Like, what was kind of the that process to uh, to start it? And so, like, you know, kind of give a, a you know a brief uh, bit about your soccer background. How did you get to this point now? Wow. Okay. So the account it's. I will. This is not gonna sound good, but it's kind of an accident. Hey, look, it, nothing sounds good when I say anything. So, like, you'll be okay. Um, I mean, it was the end of 2019. I was fired from uh, a job that I had uh, working as a social media manager for for um, a US-based company that had offices here. Um, and it was always something that bugged me because when I was hired. Uh, they, they said, oh, you're going to do a lot of stuff with, with sports because I studied a sport journalism. I was always interested in football, like a good Argentinian. Um, but in the end, that never happened. Like uh, only the World Cup was, the main World Cup was covered. And it felt like an opportunity between that and, and the pandemic to say, okay, what, are we, what do I want to do? What are the things that I know? What are the things I want to explore? Which things are not like massively there uh, between my passion for sport, my passion for for tactical stuff, my passion for for um, statistical things in football, and also my interest uh, in women's football was growing since the 2015 World Cup. So I thought, okay, this is this is the opportunity. This is what I want to do. Uh, it started being a, a dual language account between Spanish and, and English, but when all basically all my followers are from the United States, I ended up being only in English. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just grateful that I found like a niche that works, uh, something that I, I suppose it was a crave in the women's football community, like people that made the difficult parts of football more understandable, which was my goal on a more sub subconscious level, um, trying to to make easy some some graphics and some data that maybe like a lot of information and make it uh, accessible and, and understandable for the common fan. Um, so yeah, that's how Jolis Analytica went to exist. Um, at some point, I think it was Meg Linehal, the, the first like big name that retweeted me, and then it was a snowball effect, I suppose. Uh, that's typical, like, and that's how it works. Is yeah, it just takes the right works. person to showcase your stuff, and then all of a sudden, everybody uh, right. has their eyes on it. Yeah, and yeah, it, it went all from that, and starting to to find some good projects and good ideas, um, some avenues that I, that I needed to explore, like the podcast where Nick was invited. Or I don't know the Twitch streams. You know, I always try to to find between what I do in my life, 
and enjoy this analytica to keep and keep it growing and, and make it more interesting. With all the people that follow me also, I thought I have the responsibility to showcase what ha what's happening in Latin America or in other countries. So that's also something that keep coming to me like, well, okay, Argentina's gonna play She Believes, but what's going on in Argentina? Colombia's gonna play against United States. So what's going on with Colombia? I think that's also my responsibility as a South American that follows uh, North American football too. That's awesome. I um, it was kind of funny to me because you and um, we talked about this a little bit, but we have we have we've actually had her on the show, but we have mutual friend Ailey, um, that um, they did something similar, and they, I say like my path to finding her and my path to finding you were very very similar to where I started seeing her stuff around the 2019 world cup. And I, and that seems like when she kind of blew up a little bit. And then I looked at your account the other day and you started your account in June, you already have like 6,000 followers and like the amount of blue check marks that follow you is absolutely insane. Um, like what, like it was right around the challenge come. What about like with the timing of it, you said, was it an act? Like you said, it was kind of an accident, but what was the thing that like triggered, like, okay, maybe this is the opportunity to like start really putting this stuff and this content out there. I think it was time. I had the time to uh, thought a good plan. Like again, I was I was working in social media, so I know the blueprint to follow if I wanted to do something. It may fail, like anything in social media, but I know the right steps. What I needed to do were the investments that I had to do at first, like buying a, a domain or or telling to a friend that uh, it's a graphic designer to help me a little with with how it should look. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, back then, I think it was May, I was also talking with a friend, uh, there's a Thorns fan like me, and we're doing a podcast in Spanish about Poland Thorns. So it was mostly the, the opportunity that the Challenge Cup was happening, being the first, uh, basically, uh, competition in the women's world to come back with the pandemic um, as a context. Uh, so it was, yeah, I was, I don't want to say what, solely uh, an accident, but it was also an opportunity that it was right in front of me that I, I knew that I had to do something about it. Uh, maybe I didn't expect to have as many followers as right now or, or the opportunity that I have right now, but definitely I knew that if I want to take my time, knowing that I was unemployed at that time, knowing that I had, I can put all my resources between uh, money, time, knowledge into something, now I technically uh ripping what i saw basically on that one no that's awesome and like when when you started doing it, you kind of mentioned that it like like go ahead like retweeted you or something and blew up like what were some of like the cool moments when you're like okay this actually like might start to turn into something that i can do long term um I think, yeah, some of the retweets and some of the comments, sometimes I get some DMs from, from some coaches or players, uh, players asking me for info. Um, and that's that's a good part of of what's going on with the account, like building good relationship with people that I admire, people that uh, I know they're knowledgeable and I can I can learn from them. Um, but yeah, those, those little moments sometimes are a little bit surreal too. Like when Beto Boquete followed me, it was like, Beto, why Beto Boquete will care what I'd say? <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, that, that kind of things are always awesome. And it, it still feels a little bit like, um, I don't want to say like actually it's real, but like this is like 
me being another person. This is not me on the real life when I know that I know I'm just cooking and reading and watching TV shows. But suddenly I get a DM from Mark Parsons and we talk about football. I would talk about, you know, when Manchester City play against Leeds in the Premier League. And it's like, wow, I'm just talking football with a coach that I admire. This is out there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Like, I'm, the one thing I'm curious about is like, you're like, I, I follow your account, obviously. And like, you're constantly putting stuff out and there's days that it's, I mean, like you're putting out expected goal charts, but also like updating on Man City women, but also doing this, like what does a typical day in the life look like for you then? Cause like, I, I'm always curious cause you're like constantly putting stuff out. And so you have to be watching these games, but also simultaneously doing some research and things like that. What does a day in the life look like? I think that I have the advantage of the time difference on, on that regard, maybe not with Europe, but especially with the United States. So I can wake up and have a few ideas maybe of what I want to, to uh, start a thread. I remember, for example, the one about uh, the set pieces of Manchester United. Uh, I woke up and, I, and that was something bugging me during the weekend. So I woke up on Monday saying, okay, I'm going to investigate on that one. So I had a couple of hours where I can uh, dive into different platforms and different videos to uh, create a, the thread, uh, the narrative of the thread that I wanted to do. Um, so I, I also try to maximize some time time zones. Like I know that if I post something around this hour, it will be good for Europe and the United States. But if I go a little bit more later, it will, it will be only the United States. So I try to understand those those two little or the two basic um, schedules that I have in my mind. Like it's investigation or trying to organize a day. If I have to watch a game, then we have this around this hour, around 2 p.m. in Argentina, that's 11 for you um, in Central Time. That would be like, if I want to tweet something about Europe, if I want to tweet something about Europe, this would be ideal. Give me just a second. No, you're good, you're good. You, you did say this was coming. I'm just trying to send tweets out to recruits. Gotcha. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. What, I, like I can keep going for a little bit longer. What, what point do you want to take over? Whatever you tell me to. Okay. This stuff is always nice too, because I guarantee you a lot of our audience is going to start following him. And I bet a bit of his audience is going to start following us simultaneously now too. For sure. For sure. Yeah. He's got, he's got some crazy followers. I was like looking the other day, like he has a ton of like, like Brianna Pinto follows. <laughs> like he has just like random, like just some randomly really cool followers. People that will never follow us. Correct. <laughs> Maybe eventually. Hey, man. Probably follow you. There's like a, I, there's like random ones. I don't like the funny one for me. Like I, I joked the other day with uh, Shannon, like Paul Riley, the North Carolina Courage coach, mm-hmm. randomly followed me the other day. And I was yeah. like, did he follow you too? I, I don't know if it was the soccer chat account or mine, but I saw like he did. And I was like, <laughs> Like, That's why, why are you following me first? Like, I should definitely probably be following you. Like, and I like immediately followed him back, and I was like, I probably probably should be following you too. But 
it was just kind of funny because yeah, like you I like you should have DM'd him and said that. But like, hey, can you <laughs> unfollow me so I can follow you first? <laughs> right, first. Honestly, I'm like I'll, I'll try to slide his DMs and get on the show. I was saying, uh, so when I, I, I know that this hours in central time will be good for Europe and the United States. So after that, usually on a weekday, it's when the games are on. So it's like investigation tweet game and the fallout of the game. Um, my Twitch streams are also a little bit on the more late side because I know that it's usually when people in the United States are out from, from work. So that's that's careful plan usually like between my 7 p.m. and my 10 p.m. will be like between six and eight for East. And that's basically the idea, like how it's organized, at least on weekdays. Weekend it's you know, just watching football. It's it's what happens. Uh, but again, I have like the advantage of the hour because for example, the, the women's super league, usually it's really, really early for the United States and people in the Pacific usually don't watch the games because it will be like 5 p.m., 4 p.m. for them. Mm. Uh, sorry, I am for them. And and when they wake up, everything is done. So that's when the noise starts to, to come out and the, and the, the phone go, go a little bit crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's basically how it's organized. I think that the time difference, I try to, to adjust to what the time difference gives to me instead of it takes away from me uh, and, and, and seize those moments to, to understand how to post. That That's awesome. Like, and where did your like initial interest in like the women's game start? Like, when did you start? Like you said, you started right around 2015. Was it the world cup? And then like, it kind of sprung from there. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, I had uh, here in, in Argentina and South America, the FIFA competitions are licensed to direct TV. And I remember having uh, a direct TV account. So I was like bored and I said, okay, let's check this out because I saw some tweets and some good goals and um, things like that. I do have a really, really um, vivid memory of watching the, the final and the Colloid goal from the half away line. Uh, that's like something that's stuck in my head. Uh, and then, yeah, I just started to be a bit more, be more um, curious about it. I was, I was watching sometimes MLS and my favorite team was the Timbers. So I, it felt kind of natural to go through the thorns. Um, and then I started watching some games here and there when time was available with a link was available. Uh, it's not like now when you can go to Twitch and just watch it. Um, back then it was a little bit more difficult to watch any kind of games. Um, and yeah, then, I don't know, it just felt like Things go went in my way to be more interested. Uh, when I started this job that I was telling you about when I was uh, working for a US-based company, uh, one of the big things at the first weeks, because I, I was hired just before the Rio Olympics, was a goal that Dana Castellanos scored, and many of our followers were from Venezuela. So that goal built up and be okay, where where is who's this girl? what's happening in the United States in, in terms of, of college uh, football. And I'm still not very good at college football, but at least I, I try to investigate, try to watch. Uh, I'm a Spurs supporter, so I follow the Spurs team uh, promoting from different divisions in their way to the to the Women's Super League. 
So it's here and there until it all mixes up uh, to where I am right now, which I'm like basically working with it and fully invested. No, that's awesome. Um, and like with uh, with that, like what um what were some of the things that like when you were starting to figure out like what to analyze, where did that like inspiration come from or like, like what, like when you were like being like, oh, okay, like I'm going to look at maybe expected goals. Or I'm going to look at this type of tactical analysis. Like what are some of the things that like, where you where you, where did you get your inspiration for those types of things? Um, usually it comes from two sides. Like first is watching the games. If I have the chance to watch more than one game of a team, I can get like my own um, conclusions. And goes the same with only one game. I can type on a on a notepad or or write on a paper with the things that I I pay attention to it and, and maybe try to see if my eye test translates to some stats or some videos that I can put out. Sometimes it's it's the people, you know. I remember doing a thread and a Twitch stream, like basically saying that 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 um, myth the Medima is not good against big teams. Uh, it's basically false, not because Medima scores a lot against big teams, but because other elite strikers in the Women's Super League have the same or less performance than her. So if, you, if we put the same context, she's the best of the strikers, even if she doesn't score a lot against big teams. Uh, so th that's also comes into mind, like those little rumors or those, that little narratives that sometimes go, goes out in, in Twitter that, it's a good it's a good place to conspiracy theories and, and wild things to read, um, and sometimes it's just checking numbers if I'm like doing it. I remember doing a thread about women's super league, and and noticing that reading was good at many things without being excellent, like in the top places. So that caught my my attention, and and I wanted people to know that reading is in the good path. They only need to score. Um, so it's a mix of things. You, sometimes it's just watching the game. Sometimes it's watching a, a, a table or a, or a spreadsheet and say, hey, this is interesting. Um, sometimes it's reading things from from people that I want to... I want to say that I always want to um, like don't, don't say that it's, what I'm saying is true, but trying to prove with like science and, and, and facts, what's going on. And I do it with myself too. I remember saying a few days in the Shibboleth Cup that the United States tries a lot of long balls. And, and then I, I thought, okay, I said that, but am I sure of what I'm saying? So I went to fact check myself. Um, and that was, that was cool. Uh, in the end, I was wrong. <laughs> but it's, it's always interesting because it's, it's also a part of, you know, being able to criticism from other people like listen to what other people have to say because football has more than one way to be watched, more when to be analyzed, but also like open to criticism to myself and saying, okay, that was wrong. What is, so you kind of mentioned it, you know, like fact checking yourself, like making sure like you said something like, did it actually happen? Is there a stat or, or something that you've discovered and like just been blown away by? That's interesting. Um, I did a couple of things that I'll, I don't want to say I was blown away, but in the end, trying like explain some of the things that are going on. Uh, like usually lately, I was blown blown away game by game by the, the dominance of Manchester City in terms of position and passing. They're like incredible. 
I know that sometimes the, the opposition is not that good, but it's interesting. Um, in terms of different kind of uh, or things that are more new to the to the common um, ways of, of judging football, I think the pressing is, is a little bit more interesting lately. Uh, trying to understand what's a low price, what a high price is, uh, when and 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 how we supply. Uh, I, I'm fascinated, but but how different things can be oppressed or a pressing movement mm-hmm. and how different coaches and different um, approaches to football make that something different. Uh, for example, I was, I was telling you earlier that I'm working with a first division team here and we like to press or the, or the team wants to press the opposition build up from the back. But I was also thinking, what if we don't do that? Or what if I'm, I'm working with a coach that doesn't want that? and suddenly happens uh, will be something that it, it will be interesting to, to that coach to see if the high press is working, even if he doesn't want to play with high pressing. Um, it's different questions that comes to my mind like every now and then, and, and I'm always trying to catch up with myself. Who is a, a player that, you know, maybe isn't the flashiest or the most common name of players that you've watched that, when you are looking at film and looking at all their movements, is somebody who's really kind of underappreciated uh, in their play? I have things for center midfielders, and I don't know why. <laughs> that Maybe makes Nick I'm happy. Not, I'm not a center midfielder. I'm not. I, I was always a goalkeeper. I'm still playing goalkeeper when I can. I actually had to play today. Um, but central midfielders are, are key to, to, to a team for some way or the other. If you have a really, really good, I mean, I'm not talking Sam Mewis level of uh, how noticeable they are, but there are some some players that for some reason get into the, we are little and we know what, what we're doing, uh, like a G or Chelsea or Lina McGill at Bayern Munich. Um, that kind of players are instrumental. Without, it's, it's like the, the they're, they set the tempo of the team, either on defense or on attack. Uh, and there is no way, unless you pay like super attention to, to film, like to clips, there's no way to quantify how important they are because there's no way to understand biometrically. So far, maybe someone that works with metrics can help me with that in the future. But there's no way to, to quantify in a number how the way they occupy the spaces, the way they're in, in, intelligent to know that uh, what the, the, the flow of the game is asking uh, to do and actually do it. Because that's something that sometimes got a little bit overlooked. Like you need, you need to be intelligent to play good football. You need to understand that a counterattack sometimes is not always a pass on the left or a pass to the right. Sometimes it's just one, one good option, even if you have four players around you. Um, and they are that kind of player, super intelligent. And I think it's a derivation of what uh, here in South America we we known as the enganche, uh, the old number 10, like the Riquelmes, Verón, and Gachardos of the world that evolved into a different kind of central midfielders that went a little bit deeper uh, over time, or, or the sedans of the world. Uh, they're now more more tactical important in the in the central midfielder they need to be more 
uh, aggressive and involved in defense, but they have the same kind of intelligence in terms of how, when, and, and, and where to pass, how, when, and where to run to, to seek this space. And that's always fascinates me how some midfielders are super intelligent to do that. Who's a, who's a coach that their, their playing style uh, fascinates you? You know, somebody that you just, when that team plays, you absolutely love. I, I, you mentioned that you're a Portland uh, uh, Thorns fan. Um, but, you know, is there, is there a, a specific team or um, coach that, you know, you may not be a fan of, but anytime you get mm-hmm. hands on the video, you love breaking it down? I have um, I good things for Swedish coaches. I'm not good at names in, in Swedish language. But I love their how they aggressive they are, especially. I mean, my last name is Swedish, so maybe maybe Tony enjoys watching my teams play. <laughs> you should you should do that. Um, I love Rosengar and, and Gotteborg. They're super super aggressive. Um, they play usually with three on the back, two wing backs, and they try to overload you. And it's it's fun to see because they go 50-50 with that. That sometimes it they overload just for the sake of overload uh, but sometimes when it works it's impossible to defend um easy easy answer would be barcelona uh, what they do what uh, luis cortez is doing in barcelona is amazing uh, they're so dominant um i like also like i was saying earlier reading they're so organized they're, they have a plan and they try to careful do it I don't know how they're going to do without Fishlock and, and James now, but it's it's interesting. And and the and in WSL, I'm intrigued. I think will be the worth by Freya Kuhn. They want to put the Sky Blue to play good football. Sometimes again, it doesn't exactly work like I I think the plan is, but the blueprint is there, and they try to to make a, a good possession style aggressive um, kind of, of, of play, which I think they have the tools. They have the players to do it. They just need time, and that will be fun to watch it. I mean, maybe we can we can have Sky Blue winning in a league, and that will be, that'll be fun. <laughs> what, um, you know, when, when coaches reach out to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's about watching their own team or maybe, you know, like doing the scout for someone else, what's kind of the most common thing uh, that coaches ask for you to look at? Um, basically, Great question, John. Your question game is stepping it up. So not, I, really, uh, not really. Not uh, really. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be as, as general as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, usually, it's how how good the, the player will fit in the. If I if they ask me to about the player, usually it's how much that player will, will fit in the in the game plan, right? Or on the game style and in the philosophy of the team. Um, I have questions from different kind of uh, coaches. Again, for example, Sky Blue is playing very attacking, very position. They they try to have uh, midfielders with a good foot, like we call here, like with, with good passing, with first touch. Um, and they had to try to have quick forward. So if I know that the player is not a quick forward, I would say not. It's not like the play is bad, but it won't fit what you want to do. Uh, with Houston, it's the, it's the same. They, they are not as possession style in, in that in that regard but really aggressive like they try to press you a lot uh with Portland will be a bit more oriented to possession but uh there's there's also a kind of a stability in some roles like I know that the six of Poland it will be a, a player that 
wouldn't wonder as as Lindsey Horan and Roque Rodriguez have the the um, how they're allowed to wander out in, in the midfield. It will be more positional. So that kind of little things usually um, it's what they usually ask, like how how that player will fit if it will be a starter, which is basically good good, good scouting. That's awesome. Um, like for when you are like going and watching these games and things like that, what are things that like, do you, do you, like, do you have like, what, like, do you have a notepad? Do you have like a chart? Do you have specific things that you're like trying I to check? I feel it's like CSI where they have like all the stuff in the background and he ties the rope, like trying to find a murderer, but they tie a rope from here. Here's a connection here. Like, I feel like there's some like big operational office. I'm sorry to disappoint, but that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like it's, it's not CSI. Sadly, it's not CSI. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint. I mean, no, no, and nobody has to know. You could have been like, yeah, I've got this big elaborate board. Um, I where mean, I just, like, if we had a bigger apartment and I have my own office, there it I would is. consider that. I would there consider it is. that. But right now, it's just really little. Uh, that's why I'm moving away from my girlfriend. You're so. just keeping it simple, Tony. You're just keeping yeah. it simple. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit about of i mean it depends if i'm watching just video it's mostly trying to identify patches of play and checking some kpis on the stat side like maybe that maybe the kpis are not there but the patterns will tell me that because of age because of the league um that play might might work and, and that's something that you have to be really like open about it like okay this is a player in brazil she's 19 has a lot of potential so if if that player goes in the right way might work but if i'm on the field it's a big mix between my laptop and trying to check out if i can start live and a little bit of handwriting with a with a note uh a notebook and and, and trying to uh, pick up some little things that I can review on video later, which is basically what I'm gonna start doing on Friday. Uh, sadly, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with the press people, which I'm a little bit allergic to. Like, I know that you're gonna scream goals and, and know not not that much about football, so um, and that's that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to to mix up with with the press and see what they're what they are thinking, which is always important to have a little bit of the buzz going on with the player. That's awesome. Um, like what, what's kind of coming up with you? Like, what are, what are some things that, um, like that, like you have going next? Like, what are, what are some, uh, things that you got going forward? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm being on Twitter. I'm trying to be as active on Instagram, but it's not happening. It's not happening <laughs> yeah. of, of my game there, but I'm also know, know that, that, Twitter has some good features coming on, like spaces where you can have like casual conversations like Clubhouse um, had the same idea. So I think that's, that's an avenue I want to explore, at least on, on the NWS Analytica side. Um, I'm trying to improve things in Argentina in terms of raising the bar for video analysts. Um, for example, um, before I start working with Racing Club here, uh, I contacted both Boca and River before they played in the final of the league. Um, 
And one thing that caught my attention is I'm an individual. I I mean, I know that I have a patron that, I mean, with the, with the difference of, of the exchange rate, it's good to have some US dollars instead of Argentinian pesos because we are in the shit in that regard. Sorry, you know, you can bleep me out on that one. Um, it's all good. <laughs> um, and I know that I can have access to Instat because it's, it's what I do, but it surprised me that teams like Boca and River, I mean, any kind of fan of football knows how big they are, but they don't have access in the women's side to to, to Insta or Scout or any kind of platforms. So my goal, it, it has like two sides. From one side, obviously it's brings 21 century stuff to what we're doing at Racing and see how that might help us get to uh, get our goals, how that will help us improve the players because most of them are really young and, and you know, doing shit at Tableau or uh, checking some different videos, help them understand how different players play because I think one of the biases here is that women's footballers don't watch other women's footballers. They watch male footballers. So I'm trying to work on that side internally and I hope that we get the results because if we do and what i do is important and the, if the players say okay this guy has helped me i would love to see other teams doing that i would love to see other teams in argentina doing that and raising the bar of what can be done within a, a coaching staff to have the players and help achieve your 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 uh, goals because i think that being professional is not only being paid for what you do but also evolve as, a, as an athlete. And I want to bring those tools to this um, to this country in that regard. Like this can be done. You just need to, you know, you need to want to do it and, and people will help you do it. Uh, this is like, an, uh, like a secondary goal, but I think it will be really, really happy for me if teams in Argentina start doing that and teams in South America start doing that. Because we do have the talent. Argentina showed you that on the She Believes Cup. Like, we do have talented players, but they are a step behind in physical form. They are a step behind in, in, in their evolution. They have a, a similar evolution to the rest of the players in the world until they're 18, 19, 20. But then it goes, like, sideways because they don't push further up. And I think that's my goal for 2021, trying to to help raise more awareness Um of what's going on in the first of the world. I know the United States um, also community loves inequality issues uh, and fight for them. So I think that that's something that I want to, to highlight, but also work from the inside and, and show the teams. If you go professional and not only with paying your players, but also with your coaching stuff and have a good department and a good coaching stuff, you will do wonders. And that's what you need to do. That's awesome. Um, and like, you know, I, and I, I completely agree. It's it, like, we talked, I was actually talking to a few of my players the other day. I was like, Oh, like, who are some of your favorite? Like we were watching the U S women's national team. Like we did it as a team. And I was, and I was like, Oh, like who are some of your favorite players? And almost every one of them listed, not everyone, but like almost every one of them listed male players, like, like Messi or Ronaldo and things like that. And I think that, like you said, I mean, there's incredible players in the women's game that should be, 
people that everyone's looking up to and aspiring to be like. And, and, and again, both for female and male, like I always joke with people like my, my favorite, one of my favorite players in the world, male or female right now is Sam Mewis. Like the one you mentioned, like, and I, I, I think like the thing I love about her is like, I think there's certain players that have like a certain amount of things in their bag. And like, she literally has everything in her bag. Like she has everything on her shelf. Like it's, it's one like she's, I, she's been my favorite player since like, before the 2019 world cup, just cause she passes so well. And like, I think her weight of her passes is just incredible, but um, it is, it is an issue right now that, that we don't have enough players right now that are looking. And I think a lot of it is like you said, is the like showing it, like, you know, it's not as televised. It's not as talked about it. And like your, your Twitter account, I think that's why it appealed to me so much was because I, it's what you're talking about is the same thing that I, like I've been thinking just had no way to, put it in uh, words or thoughts and, and you definitely did that. What um, kind of like a two, a few more questions. What, what do you think is like the most underappreciated like stat in soccer? Wow. That's interesting. Um, the most underappreciated stat in soccer. Um, wow. Uh, you cuffed me on one of those. <laughs> um, I, I think that people need to look a little bit more on deep completions or passes to the final third. Sometimes they, they keep the the things simple to pass completion or accuracy passes. And I mean, it's a good start to start with, but you need to dig further to understand what's going on with the, with the game. That's why I'm trying to work with some um, sonar passes uh, on Tableau and show the players, okay, you're passing well. When you're passing to the side, it's not that good. It's safe. Don't play that safe. So sometimes trying to mix those those different passes, stats together, uh, will bring a little bit more of uh, like context to how a midfielder plays, and and understand a little bit more. Uh, there's some toxic accounts going around saying, oh, because this player had more passing completion in the midfield. Okay, yeah, but midfield has to do a lot more than passing the ball. So, right. It's a lot to, to check on that one. <laughs> well, Tony, thank you so much for coming on with us, man. Obviously, this is the point where people who are listening, if they don't follow you by now, where, like, all your plugs, where can people find you out on Twitter, the internet, uh, you know, all the things that you need to plug out? Okay, um... Like you said before, my, my Twitter account for my, yeah, I'm going to call it my child, my project. It's a WSL Analytica without a spelling in Spanish, like with, with a Latin I. Um, and if you want to follow me on my personal Twitter, it's Diaholic because I love Eric Dyer and not because he's a good at playing football. Um, but yeah, that's my personal Twitter account if you want to, to check it out. Uh, I usually do, do a little bit more non wasted stuff there. Like, I just, talk about people but again uh I, I would love to see more people involved in video analysis i would love to see more people involved in in, in analyzing stats so i'm always open to uh have questions um answer them help anyone uh, i'm not a, a, a stat deliverer like sometimes people get a little bit like uh intense asking me for stats like dude i'm sleeping but <laughs> if i if i can help uh, going forward with, with some careers or some ideas where to, to point you out. I will always love to do that. So if anyone's listening and want to know a little bit more of what a video analysts do, um, I'm always up to. Yesterday I had a class uh, in a, here in Argentina in a, in a um, 
where people go it's not like university it's like a like school of yeah. sport journalism and it was it was super cool to see people like people are interested and in, in asking me questions like which kind of camera should i get i mean it's a camera so if you have good a good angle that that's a good camera you don't need a 4k uh 3d kind of kind of camera it's not it's not there's no need but yeah i think that's that's something that if someone listens to you and you want to start and don't know where uh just don't hesitate to to reach out because i would love to to see more people i think we need more analytical people in football and and understand the game a little bit better well awesome tony mazza from nwsl analytica thank you so much for coming on with this man uh and hopefully one day uh the the twitter followers that you have nick and i will have the same uh, but thank you so much for coming on with us, man, and explaining about what you do for the game. No, no, absolutely. It was a pleasure, and I hope to hope up maybe one day analyzing a, a tournament or analyzing a game or whatever that you want to do. I'm, I'm here for you and, and thankful for the kind words. All right. Yeah, this was an interview I was super excited to get on. I've been telling Sean about this guy for the longest time. We went back and forth on Twitter trying to get this set up. But I think the coolest thing for me about Tony is when and me and Sean both work in women's soccer, coaching women's soccer, and we're constantly trying to find ways to build up the women's game and make it more prevalent, not only on social media, but across like across all platforms. And Tony found a situation that needed more analysis, needed more data that wasn't necessarily getting covered on Twitter at the time when the NWSL Challenge Cup came up. And I remember when I first saw his account, I bet it had 200 followers. And he came up with this like super like in-depth video about like something that was happening in the Challenge Cup. And I remember like, oh crap, like this is awesome. And I followed. And I just remember watching like him go from like 200 followers to like, 4,000 followers like overnight like it was absolutely insane but like it, it just shows that he took a market that needed more and found it and really is bringing a lot to the women's game that we need right now and, and again I I think just him going forward with what he's doing is just really really exciting because it's gonna just again be another cog that continues to grow the women's game which is something that we're you and me both obviously are really really passionate about. And I love the fact too, like it's another way of informal coaching education. Like, you know, I just saw their day, you know, our, our buddy Gary Kerning did a, a free workshop on um, analytics on a, on a budget, you know, tactical anal, uh, analytics on a budget, something like that. Um, and, you know, here's a guy who is uh, our guy, Tony, uh, who is, you know, doing this and kind of showing you, yeah, he's doing it, you know, with these pro teams, but, you know, it's kind of giving you an idea of, okay, like, Hey, here's things he's looking at. Here's what this team's doing, how it's working, giving you something then to go back on your film and look at it and go, Oh, Hey, yeah. Like we do this. And when we do this, that happens. Um, just like, it's so cool. And you know, I was listening to a podcast yeah, this morning, I think it was. And the person was talking about how, you know, much the internet has grown, not so much like, I mean, yes, personalities in various topics or, or careers and things like that, but how it's also allowed us to dig in deeper into uh, a topic. So like, for example, soccer. So like sitting here with what Tony does, like you and I watch a game, 
and, you know, in our group text with, with, with other friends, like we'll talk about, you know, specific plays. We don't get too in depth, just like, Hey, this person does this really well. Uh, and yeah, this person, I don't think they, they fit with this group. Uh, you know, and just like you'll debate back and forth, but the way that Tony breaks it down, like I said earlier, like it's educational and it it's, you know, thankful for a platform like Twitter and social media and the internet, because if not like you and I, and all of us, you know, who are, who are fans of him now would have never seen any of this before. Cause he probably would have be just doing it at home with his, with his teams and showing them and whatnot, but thankful for uh, the internet, as much as you love or hate the internet, it has given us things like this that we can learn from and we can use in our own time. 100%. And again, just like, like the things that he's doing, the things that our other good friend Eileen's doing. I mean, like it just gives us as coaches, just another way to look at the game and, Again, when we not all of us have the budgets to be able to like have all these incredible ways to break down video and stuff like that, it, it just allows us to be able to continue to develop ourselves as coaches. And I don't know, I just to be honest, it was the best part about it is it's like it's it's an anonymous ish account because like he'll like obviously like like if you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't know who he was, but he's not like shy about it. He's been on a few different podcasts. He talks with a lot of people and stuff like that, but he's a name that like, honestly, I wish he would put behind the account because I feel like if you, if he actually put his name in front of the account, like Tony Maza, NWSL Analytica, that guy would have a job tomorrow with one of like the top clubs in the world. Yeah. And it seemed like the, in, in when we kind of talked with him about that, it kind of seemed like, like that's not really like a, like a thing for him. Like he's just, he's doing this and, and being able to go back like with his, his teams that he works with and doing the same thing with them. But, you know, here he is, you know, just using this platform uh, of Twitter to do kind of a, a bigger thing. But I do, I do think, you know, at some point it does catch on and someone's going to see it and slide up in those DMS and be like, Tony, Tony, Hey, hey, hey come over here. <laughs> yes. And uh, he'll be like, yes, absolutely. Um, so super, super awesome. Make sure to go follow him. Uh, great interview this week, Nick, great get fantastic get. I only have a few every once in a while, every, every, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Your good gets are like my good questions. <laughs> I yeah. Just a, like every once great, in a while, you know, like great just trade off. It's, it's, it's just, it's a pleasant surprise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're recording this on uh St. Patrick's day and I got this throwback uh, Notre Dame soccer Jersey, like 15 years ago, uh, some friends of mine own a uh, sports retail store and they're like, we're getting soccer jerseys in. And I was super pumped thinking like, Oh, MLS or USA, whatever it may be. And all they ordered was Notre Dame throwback soccer jerseys. And I was like, whatever I'm, you know, I'm going to support you guys. I'm going to, I'll buy one. So I literally wear the soccer Jersey once a year for the last 15, 15 years. And so I put it on this morning I couldn't help myself. And I texted our good friend, coach Smurf from uh, Notre Dame. And I was like, Hey, send her a selfie. I've been wearing this old as hell soccer Jersey for years now. Like I kind of want to retire it. Cause I only wear it one day. Like talk it's to somebody, talk to somebody for your boy. And she just laughed and was like, we'll see what we can do. Um, but you know, I get, I get a lot of credit for it. It's got like that, like, 
you can't really see it because I'm in the dark. Of course, people are listening to this. They can't really, they're not going to see it at all. But like, it's got like the like designs within the green, like a, like the old jerseys that you used to wear. Like it's like, I mean, it's an Adidas jersey, but it's like, it's got that like Umbro feel to it. I like, Um, I like it. Wait, did you see our jersey reveal the other day? I did. I did. Um, And I like, do you see the white? Like, it seems like the white, our white jersey has that like similar thing where it's like, yeah, there's like lighter colors within the colors. Yeah. So I, so I use that as an example. Um, So one of my players are, I feel like our team has had their kits for a really long time and I'm being told that they're, I think they still have like two more years on their cycle. And I'm like, I don't think we should. I think our kits are like eight years old. Like we, we did, we definitely need something new. And so one of my captains sent me um, a tweet from a division one team. It was like, Hey, these would look really sweet if they were like had Brescia on them. And I was like, well, A, that's a completely different outfitter than what we wear. Uh, B, that particular school, everything is customized for that school. It's like we couldn't even, even if we were that outfitter, fitter, we couldn't even get like that design. Um, and, and third, like we still have our kids. Like that's what we got to go with. So I happened to be on um, the Under Armour Custom one and I saw... Uh, I was going through different ones and saw like the ones that you guys have. Uh, but then I found another one that's like kind of similar to the the picture that the, my player had sent me. And I made a mistake of sending her like what it would look like. And I like went through and like make, put our logo on it and everything. And um, <laughs> she was like, what is this site? I was like, well, this is like an Under Armour page where you can go and design them. She was like, what's the link? Send her the link. And like, 15 minutes later, I got all I got back. And this was at like 1030 at night. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And so <laughs> this morning at weights, uh, I was like, Hey, I was like, how you doing? She's like, oh, a little tired. I was like, well, she's like, I didn't go to bed till, till late. I was like, why? I was like, you know, upstate. She's like, I was building jerseys. It's like, I made like 30 jerseys, different kids, different shorts, everything. And she's like, and then it got to the point where like, I was making like my old high, I was taking my old high school uh, team and like making theirs or like, you know, making, you know, whatever I could. And I was just like, you got a problem and you need to stop. And she's like, I know, I don't know if I need to, I don't know if I was like, I was like, don't be a coach for a long time because then you're like, you don't want to create the uniform. You're like, just somebody do it. But um, no, your kids look super sweet. I like, I did like the white ones. Those were kind of uh, uh, like for me, like I like white kits, but I'm super like, I like super plain white, like just a plain white top with something on it but now like with uniforms like you have to get like a different color on like the shoulders or the arms whatever uh but i i do like your white kits i think if i remember the replies i think a lot of people were liking the white ones the white ones the only thing that worried me about the whites is like a lot of people don't like the collar thing it's not like it doesn't have like a collar but it has like a little bit of like and i was so i was kind of worried about that but the players freaking love them yeah i the one time our team talked about new uniforms um my team literally gave me all these like um, absolute no's about uniforms. And I was like, you literally just took every single Jersey that I can think of off the top of my head out of the running. Like, we're just going to get t-shirts and shorts. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, t- all these things that you said that we cannot have has taken every single Jersey that's available for us out. Like, I don't know what else what you want me to do. Um, and then they all came back was like, okay, just like no collars. I'm like, wow, like that's kind of a classic look. But um, no, I'm, I'm hoping 
I don't know. I I'm I kind of joked with my assistant AD there day of like, I think we may have more numbers, more kids than we will uniforms next fall. I'm like, hey, like, I'd rather just buy a whole new set this year rather than wait till next year and like have like a kid not have a jersey this year or like rotate a number between like how many people. Um, but I don't get to make those big decisions. And so, uh, you know, is what it is. But, uh, you know, as this goes on, best of luck to you, man. I know it's just a scrimmage game, but I want you guys to go do that hockey. I just do that hockey for sure. Just no, do that hockey. It, it's yeah. I, I think for me, it's just for these guys is just to having to have their first game in 500 and plus days. I think it'll just be so much fun to feel like normal life again, for sure. Just make sure that you don't say like roll Scott's for your <laughs> breakdown. Uh, don't say go Monmouth. Um, and please, for all of us, your guys' breakdown at the beginning, do the, the quack from the mighty ducks. <laughs> See, unfortunately, like, I mean, I, I, we, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we, that would be appropriate for the Cardinals, but we can, we can try to see if it works. No one has to know. No one has to know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Cardinals quack. We just don't know it. Um, but, uh, you know, Nick, if somebody's wanting to, to hit you up, uh, how can they, how can they conversate with you? Uh, my at coach and Rizzo on the Twitter. What about you, brother? And mine is at coach Saturday. You can join the conversation every single Wednesday night, 9 30 PM Eastern time on Twitter. Nice Q and a one great networking shot to my good friend, Carrie Hicks, uh, made her first reply. She's been a, she's been a first time, long time, uh, and finally made her first reply in soccer chat. And she was super stoked about it. Uh, So, you know, big shout out to her. Uh, But join us every single Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, for Soccer Chat. Our podcast comes out every single Thursday. Uh, And I'm trying to think of so many other things that I can't think of. But go support our friends over at Dutic Brand, DutikBrand.com. Make sure to use the promo code Soccer Chat. Our friends over at Torex, the homies, T-O-R-R-X.com for the world's greatest ball pump. And our good friends over at Michigan Soccer Central at M-I Soccer Central on Twitter. Well, we so we told you that's a conversation. We told you it's a podcast, but more than that, it's a network, it's a family, it's a community of coaches, just like yourself who's listening to this. And we love every support that you guys give us. And make sure to go vote for our good friend Anna Turi in the She Believes Hero contest. We put the links up. Go good vote. call. We I would be remiss if we forgot that one. So go do that. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later.